Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, from Wichita's most listened to sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH, this is Sports Daily with Jacob Albrocht and Tommy Kester. Shocker fans want the latest on Wichita State Athletics? Let's go right to the source with Shocker AD Kevin Saul. All right, welcome back in, everybody. We appreciate another visit from Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, as we make our way uh, down the home stretch of the winter seasons, just getting things underway in the spring seasons. A lot of things going on. Kevin, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Jacob. How are you doing? Doing well. We're doing good. So we have a schedule change. No softball today. Uh, they were expected to play Iowa. So we'll move on there. You guys have a baseball uh, home opener. You got a game today with Oral Roberts and then a home opener coming up on Friday. Um, what did you make of that Jack's College Baseball Classic? Saw a win over Iowa. Almost had a win over ranked Virginia. A couple of ranked wins. But uh, early, it's way early. But as they get ready to come play at home for the first time, what can you tell people about what this team has looked like so far? Well, we're excited about this team. It's uh, It's been an interesting ride so far. Obviously, we opened up at Little Rock, and what folks may not know about Little Rock is they're picked to win the, the Ohio Valley Conference. They made the championship game or the tournament last year and lost to Moorhead State, who's been a perennial power in that league. And Little Rock actually ran out a preseason All-American to start that game on the mound. And so we scored, I think it was two in the first and, and three in the second and knocked their starter out. Uh, again, preseason All-American, scored 18 runs. You won the first game 18-5, second one 14-0, and then lost a really close one on Sunday. And then, as you mentioned, we went down to the, the Jacks College uh, Baseball Classic, which, Jacob, I had to laugh. Somebody referenced it as a, a regional-type atmosphere, and I'm looking at those teams that were there 
number 14, Virginia, uh, who we lost to in, in the 10th inning, 5-4 after a lengthy rain delay. Uh, Auburn, obviously from the SEC, and then number 18, Iowa, that we beat uh, 12-6. to I'm wondering who the four seed in that regional would be, or even the three <laughs> seed in that regional would be. But anyway, it was a really good competitive experience for our guys. <clears throat> Certainly a little disappointed on the Virginia um, outcome because you had a chance to walk away from that weekend two and one and, and two of those wins being against number 14 Virginia and number 18 Iowa. But I thought they responded really well after a tough game against uh, Auburn, particularly on the mound and got down early 5-0 guys and then uh, scored, went on a 12 to one run uh, from the third inning on against uh, number 18 Iowa and a really good pitching staff. So uh, as you mentioned, we're at Oral Roberts midweek this week. Um, Oral Roberts has been a really quality program, so that'll be a good test. And midweek baseball is always very, very interesting. And then we open up at home on Friday at 3 o'clock. So uh, just really look forward to the next uh, few weeks of baseball. One of the challenges, Kevin, I know with bringing in a, a new coach like Brian Green is combining the newcomers that he brought in with some of the returners that have been part of the program Early on here in the season, what have you taken away from the way that this team early on has gelled? Well, I think there's been a uh, just a really good question. I appreciate you asking that, Tommy. It's there's been a real emphasis on uh, creating uh, the, the the culture and the way of doing things within the program uh, that that Brian and the staff want to see. It's it's an interesting makeup because as it stands right now, about a third of the roster are returners. As you guys know, I think we had 32 in the portal. Um, last year at the end of the season, uh, we were able to get about 12 to 13 of those guys back. Um, we ended up uh, signing, and, and the guys came to campus, I think uh, 15 of the 16 uh, in the recruiting class uh, out of high school. And so you've got uh, about a third of the roster comprised of those guys, and then you've got a third that come in either from uh, junior college or the transfer portal. So Brian and the staff have spent from uh, throughout fall baseball uh, to when the guys returned in the uh, spring semester. They've spent a lot of time trying to establish the culture, the way of doing things. Practices are incredibly organized. They're upbeat. Uh, they, I think they've done a really good job of embracing the community as well. It's having that conversation this morning from our baseball alumni to uh, to, to Gene uh, and Jana to, to everything that goes into Shocker Baseball. I think those guys have done a really nice job of embracing that as well. So culture is always in, in progress. It's, it is what you tolerate. And so obviously there's always course corrections and, and those things. But I think they've done a nice job so far. Uh, Wichita State Athletic Director Kevin Saul joining us. We'll talk basketball in just a few minutes. Want to get caught up, though, on these spring sports that are underway. We look at softball. Uh, hoping to get that chance against Iowa, the weather, uh, it's it's February in Kansas, so here we go. But so a couple of this is an interesting season. We've talked about them a little bit before, and that it will probably look different this year. Chloe Barber, though, uh, the freshman, is lighting it up. She's got a strikeout rate that is the best so far in the country. She's only allowed a couple of runs all season long, only a handful of hits as well. So we know the team's going to look different. We know the offense it took some just unbelievable blows because of legends leaving the program. But now we got this ace pitcher brewing here. And that's a totally different dynamic, I think, for the postseason, too. How excited is everybody uh, for softball's future this year as it looks like they may have a bona fide ace to run out there? 
Yeah, it's been interesting, and we've talked about it. I think Coach Breadbender probably undersold her pitching staff a little bit, particularly given their, their, their the young ladies and their freshmen coming into the program. But Chloe's been unbelievable. She's been the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week. She was named the Freshman uh, National Player of the Week uh, earlier this week. So she's done an unbelievable job against some really quality programs, um, softball, has obviously went down to the Bearcat Classic um, down in uh, Huntsville, Texas. Um, had a few rainouts there, but left 2-0. Um, went to the uh, Puerto Vallarta and played kind of a, a similar type of a field that baseball just played in, in the Jacks College Baseball Classic. They, they played number 8 Clemson, number 25 Auburn, and number 20 South Carolina. Walked away with a win against number 20 South Carolina. Took care of business um, at the Razorback Invitational, beat uh, Illinois State twice, beat UT Arlington, and then split with number 15 in the country, Arkansas. So uh, they've done a really nice job. A little ironic that uh, the the folks from Iowa City, Iowa, would be uh, canceling their trip to Wichita uh, based on the weather because I would think they, they'd think we're in the south uh, <laughs> based on the weather that we have. But obviously we head up to um, um Lincoln, Nebraska this weekend. As you guys will remember, Nebraska was at the uh, Oklahoma State Regional in the NCAA tournament last year, and we had two very, very competitive games uh, with those guys. And we, so we've got two games against Nebraska and two games against number 14, Missouri, this weekend. So the schedule does not get any easier. You know, we uh, talking about taking the softball world by storm, not only Chloe Barber, but CeCe Wong uh, being named as the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week last week. And she's come in on a, on a team, Kevin, that we know what their offensive prowess typically is year in and year out. And she's come in as a slugger. You know, homered in her first two games as a shocker. Uh, and, you know, really kind of taking the softball world by storm, being able to be uh, that that prime offensive threat for Coach Breadbender. What have you seen from her and what she's able to bring to this team? Well, first off, she's a she's a really incredible young lady. And I think Coach Breadbender and the staff have done a remarkable job of, of recruiting and retaining quality people in our program. And uh, the, the list of examples there are endless. But uh, obviously, CC has been critical to uh, to what we've done. Uh, was recognized for her efforts as AAC Player of the Week uh, here this last week. Um, I think Coach Economon, who runs uh, the offensive uh, side of it, obviously within Coach Breadbender's structure, uh, was a little concerned going into the fall in terms of the the, the offense, to your point, um, um, Jacob, you, that you made earlier. Um, and, and I think they've done a nice job developing that offense throughout the fall. Obviously, uh, if you can combine a, a really high-quality offense with what we think we have in the circle, we're going to have a, a magical season. So uh, we look forward to where it goes and how it translates into league play and, and certainly uh, preseason pick to win the league. Now we got to go out and earn it. And I think you're seeing some nice pieces come alongside um, some others, some returners, that we can have some great success this season. Uh, Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director, joining us. Before we go to some hoops talk, Kevin, we did have a caller uh, that knew you were coming on today that asked for a quick update on Cessna uh, as state track approaches and everything else. What is the latest with Cessna? The last we heard publicly, there were some you know contract bids still to be negotiated out. Where did things stand with all the renovations out there at Cessna? Yeah, I'll keep it really simple and high level, but we did a uh, design bid build method, which is just a, a type of construction method. And, and we put it out there and we received one bid, guys. And that, that doesn't um, um, produce 
competitive bidding. Um, the bid was was really high, and it just did not make financial sense for us to move forward with that particular bill, bid. So what we did is we changed the delivery med- method to what's called construction manager at risk, and basically involves the architecture team, construction management team on the front end uh, to help manage your way through costs, and it ensures competitive pricing at both the general contractor level, but also with all, with, within all this, the bid packages within the project. So there may be 26 different bid packages within the Cessna project, things like site work, concrete, railings, um, sod work, uh, the, the track itself, the competitive field, those elements are all bid projects. And each one of those individually will be competitively bid within this construction manager at risk model. So um, it stands to reason that we're going to save really $2 million up off the top just from a, a, a rush timeline fee with the original bid. But you're going to get that competitive pricing within each of the bid structures and your, your contractor as well. So it made fi- total financial sense uh, for us to do what we've done. And so we've worked very closely with the State High School Athletic Association. Uh, we are going to build out uh, the east side of Cessna for State High School track in June. Uh, with probably 1,500 to 2,000 uh, bleacher seats, uh, premium and standard uh, restrooms, uh, food and concessions options, and then we're going to build out a really nice team uh, tent camp area on that east side and, and operate with what we have. And then during the interim, uh, that construction manager at risk process will be going on in the background, and we look to uh, to begin construction on the east side and the event level uh, sometime in the summer or early fall in preparation for next year's state high school track. Let's talk men's basketball here, Kevin. It was kind of an up-and-down week last week for the Shockers. <laughs> an incredibly complete game at home against Tulsa uh, a week ago. 22 turnovers in that win against Tulsa. And it was, I, we talked about it here on the show, just a great effort and disruption, defense, all of that. You're going after loose balls, all of that. Uh, and then... On Sunday, a big, uh, big first-half lead against Temple. Shockers let it slip away, lose in overtime. Uh, there's a game tonight on the road against UAB. Where do you stand right now with only a couple of regular season games left with this program? Well, we're still trying to improve. Obviously, we've shown the ability to uh, and the capability uh, to be competitive with any everybody in our league. And unfortunately, we have, uh, we have seen leads of 14 against uh, Memphis, 15 previously against Tulsa, half-point lead of 10 against Tulsa um, at our place. We've seen these leads dissipate over the second half. We've talked um, at length about the the productivity and the efficiency of this team coming out after timeouts or coming out after the first half or the second half. Where we continue to struggle is in the recognition and flow of the game. Um, obviously, there are moments where we show that we are incredibly capable. I mean, Kenny Poto just did an unbelievable job against Tulsa, um, and that's the Kenny Poto that we need um, in, in our games to be successful. So uh, we continue to, to try to get better, and, and uh, I traveled with the team to, uh, to Birmingham yesterday. I had a really good scout. Um, the, the great thing is this team is, has remained united uh, in what they're doing and certainly trying to get better. Um, I think our coaching staff have done a nice job in trying to craft and tailor the message. You may have seen a, an article this week that I thought was a really good representation of the, the value of somebody like Quincy AC on our staff. He's done a remarkable job with the players. Um, so, again, guys, just trying to continue to get better. We've got a, a great challenge uh, ahead of us tonight against UAB, who is the 
number one offensive and defensive rebounding team in the league right now. And in fact, they sit 21st in the country uh, in rebounding. So uh, it'll be a great challenge for our bigs down low. We'll, you'll, you'll need to see uh, just some definite team rebounding our guards coming back and, and, um, and grabbing those balls while our bigs are wrestling bears down below. And, and uh, it should be a great challenge for us tonight. One more, Kevin. It's been a few visits since we've talked about it as we look, and, and there's plenty of you know basketball to play uh, the rest of this season, and, and it's good to hear that the locker room is staying there because we want some noise in the postseason tournament, certainly. But as, as you've made your way through now more than a year, are, are do you feel good about things now in the NIL front? This goes to all sports, really, but we haven't checked in on this in a while. Are things still on the development pace that you'd like to see them in that regard in continuing to build these programs? Well, I think, again, I think contentment is a, is a dangerous word in, in our, our business. Um, we, we've got to make sure that we, we remain uncomfortable uh, in what we're doing so that we can continue to grow and build. I don't know that there's ever going to be a finish line for us from an NIL perspective in any, any of our programs because it is so critical, not only in initial recruitment, recruitment but in the retention as well i think we've done a nice i'll say we've done a nice job and when i say we it's really the community of of wichita our players uh armchair strategies we've done a nice job Uh, when you look at basketball i think armchairs uh is is capable of distributing uh upwards of nearly three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year for the next three years uh, so certainly that's better than the zero that we started with in July of 22, but we've got to continue to grow that as well as we try to recruit and retain elite level talent. So I think in any facet of our program, uh, Jacob, it, it would be disingenuous to say that we're content and comfortable. We're going to, we're going to keep pushing in all areas and, and try to get better. So we've got some, I think uh, armchair has got some uh, very interesting plans and developments that will take shape over the next couple of weeks uh, that folks will see that will certainly advance our NIL program significantly. And uh, we look forward to those efforts and continue to be good partners. You've got the Shocker men's basketball game tonight on KYN. That pregame coverage it begins at 6 o'clock. It should be a really big-time road test, as Kevin mentioned, what UAB brings to the table. And then you've got that Oral Roberts baseball game, Wichita State, one more roadie before they have the home opener. That's right here on KFH. That pregame coverage begins at 245. Kevin, we always appreciate the visits, uh, and we'll do it again in a couple of weeks. All right, guys. Thanks so much for having us on the show. Have a great Wednesday, and go Shockers. There goes Kevin Saul, Wichita State Athletic Director. If you missed any of it, uh, you can go back and listen for free on the Odyssey app. We'll come back. Uh, Something else with the Chiefs today. They're unrolling and have now unrolled just in the last few minutes their plans for Arrowhead Stadium. We'll give you a brief overview of what they're proposing when we return on Sports Daily. Sports Daily is on KFH. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Daily here on a Wednesday. A lot of stuff we've been uh, navigating through. Appreciate you being here with us. If you want to win some HTO, you can call us right now. We're going to give away a free iced tea 
Uh, more than 25 flavors available for you at either Wichita location or in Derby. We'll also get you a free brew house coffee card, which is good for the East Wichita or Derby location. Jad will get us a winner at 869-1240. As we make our way onto some news for Arrowhead Stadium. So the Chiefs called this uh, basically a news conference to sort of roll out their plan for Arrowhead. Now, of course, this all still comes down to a vote. So nothing that we're saying is is approved until uh, the community votes on April 2nd whether to keep the Chiefs and Royals in Jackson County. We suspect that that will happen. Um, but the Chiefs roll out their plan for Arrowhead, Tommy. And, you know, I think the big things for fans are they're, you know, they're going to spend a ton of money on this thing. I don't know that they gave us a dollar figure, and maybe they did in their question and answer portion that I have not seen yet. But the it's it's sort of as expected i think you've got major renovations happening inside just modernizations happening to the existing arrowhead i think things will look similar but be far more uh modern in what a stadium experience is like for an nfl fan i think the big stuff comes from you know, if they tear down Kaufman, i assume some of these plans we're seeing tommy it would it would indicate a torn down Kaufman that a lot more outside of the stadium things are planned. You'd have more parking. You'd have an activation zone, they're calling it, tailgate areas, covered entertainment. Uh, yeah, current side of Kaufman, so they would tear it down. So basically, you'd have some sort of activity zone in, in place probably for some live music and some fun stuff happening where Kaufman currently sits right across there from Arrowhead. That would be the biggest thing, I think, that – that would be the change here other than all the money they'll have to spend to get things up to speed and up to date. Yeah. I looked at these renderings that uh, came out uh, just a little while ago. Uh, yeah. It, it was fine. It wasn't anything that I thought was incredible. I mean, but it, that really, I don't think has been the point of this from the chief's point of view. It's, it's really been to modernize it. It's really been to try to make that stadium a little bit more, um, you know, fan friendly. Not that it's not already, but it, you know, it's been around for a long time. And there, you know, I've been to a number of games there, and you've got uh, team, or you've got fans, that, a lot of them that are coming in. And um, you know, sometimes the ingress and egress can be an issue, and it can get jammed up, and you know, things like that. It's not a perfect stadium. As much as I love Arrowhead, it's not in in several different capacities. And so if they can try to find some ways to, to modernize it, that's great. I had heard a bunch of different uh, opinions that, you know, they should put a roof on it, retractable roof, things like that. that that's not anything that, you know, obviously the, the Chiefs are gonna, going to invest in and, and try to do. Um, and I didn't think that even when people were suggesting that, that that would even be a possibility on the table. So I'm okay with it. The, the renderings, it wasn't like it blew me away or anything. Uh, it is what it is. If they can modernize it and if that's something that can happen, then I'm all for that. They get to stay at Arrowhead, uh, you know, assuming that all of this goes through the way that they want it to. And you get to continue to be playing in one of the greatest uh, stadiums in NFL. Yeah, look, it. It all makes sense. It's probably the best path for the Chiefs. Um, I think they did this to Soldier Field in Chicago a while back. Now they're considering, I think, maybe a new state. That would be the that would be that only hesitation for me is this has to be like a permanent thing, right? This has to be long term for the foreseeable future, not a band aid situation where they ultimately end up wanting to move anyway somewhere else or downtown, whatever it might be. Like this needs to be the thing that just keeps him there. And and there's always been a difference to me between having a football stadium 
at this Truman Sports Complex in a baseball stadium. A football stadium, you play, you know, eight games a year. It's more, you know, it's not as important to have all of the other stuff there as it is for like a baseball stadium where you have just tons and tons of home games. It really is about the facility itself being fun and exciting because people just aren't out there that often in reality. So, yeah, if they utilize the space to beef up the game day experience, for, for football, there really isn't much more than the game day experience. And that game day is maybe eight, nine, ten times a year, depending on the preseason. It's just not that many dates. So, yeah, just use the space to do it. I'm fine with all of it. Like, none of it bothers me. None of it's that exciting. I mean, really. Great. They're going to have better Wi-Fi signal at yeah. the stadium. That stuff's really expensive, but who cares, right? Like, it's not going to be something that – gets us all fired up today about yeah this was not a mind-blowing announcement uh like it was when the royals have released their renderings for downtown ballpark and things like that i mean looking at at those renderings you're like oh my god like this is going to be pretty incredible if they can get it done in downtown kansas city uh for the chiefs it's more about okay this has been our home for a long time we've been out at the truman complex for a long time uh and they the chiefs have done renovations over the years and things like that this is just the next stage in that uh, to bring up the stadium to um, you know standards that I think most fans expect in this day and age and and I think that a lot of the things that uh, are going to be addressed at least I would hope are addressed are um, improvements to parking not necessarily that parking is bad but getting in and out of parking lots I think can be an issue you know so making sure that that's improved the game day experience the tailgating all of that um, a, a more vibrant and not that it's, it's absolutely great I love tailgating at Arrowhead but there are probably always ways you can make that better and then just getting in and out of the stadium the amenities that are in the stadium um, I, it looks like there are some renderings for maybe added premium seating club level seating I'm not exactly sure how that all plays out but you know everything that they're wanting to do I get it. It's okay. It's not anything off the walls, but it works for what they, I think their ultimate goal is to stay in Arrowhead long-term and, and, you know, make that, um, you know, continue to have that be their home base for years to come. Yeah, it's, I mean, it it is fine. Again, it's not, this isn't the reason people are going to, well, maybe it is the reason people are going to vote one way or the other because they don't want to lose the Chiefs. But the momentum is being created through what the Royals are doing. And the, the Chiefs are, probably very smartly just piggybacking that the arrowhead is one of those stadiums right you might have i mean what do we have now arrowhead lambo soldier field am i missing anyone you know are, are there am i forgetting I mean, anything that's i mean probably is, it is raymond james old enough now that i'd hate to see it go but you know like i i don't know with the pirate ship and everything I think there aren't very many of these types Heinz of Field, stadiums I'd probably left. put in there in Pittsburgh. But that's new. I mean, yeah. they built that in the last 30 years. I, I just, when we think about teams and, and venues and locations, really, it's probably just those three. And even if you go, like, bigger picture in sports, and really basketball arenas don't really matter, but if you go to, like, if you think about baseball stadiums, what do we still have, Wrigley and Fenway? And yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much it in baseball. So right. there aren't very many of Camden Yards. These. I mean, that's you know. Yeah, it was the first of the new '90s, early '90s. It was sort of the first yeah. of that grouping. 
So there is some value, I think, in holding on to that historical relevance because it's not done very often anymore. And I do think that that can become something that, you know, ties people to destination type stuff. I will say this, going to a game at Fenway, while it was cool that I was at a game at Fenway, was one of the worst in-game places I've ever watched a sporting event. You're sitting behind poles. Your your views are obstructed. Like that that part of it, you can't. So if you're going to do that, like if you're going to continue to play, you have to give it a modern feel. And and so that's the goal with Arrowhead. They really like you. Just need to make sure Arrowhead can still host World Cup events and be a premier venue in the country. And and so probably that's as much of any of this. It's going to look the same. Right, you're just you're trying to enhance and keep up with the Joneses on game day experience type stuff. They're doing grab and go concessions, which you know you see at some venues now, where you just kind of walk in and grab what you want. And you walk out, you don't have to stand in line or pay. It's weird, but it's it is what it is. Th- those are the kinds of things they got to keep up to speed on to to maintain their relevance. But other than that, I mean, the whole reason you stay there is because you don't really want anything to change. Right, they're modernizing the video boards. Needed, great. Probably not going to be a huge thing that people notice, but it's something you have to do, and it's really expensive. So, I think this is all fine. Well, yeah, I mean, it's well, all I mean fine. look, the the games I've gone to at Arrowhead, I have a blast. But because of the way that the stadium is built, uh, if I go, if I'm going to go up and go to a concession stand or go get a beer, go get a hot dog or whatever, there's a good chance I'm going to be gone for a while, even even yeah. during the game. Um, just because of the way that it's all laid out. And um, it, it's not really long lines necessarily. It's just kind of the way that that whole concourse is structured. So if they can do some things to modernize that, open that up a little bit, make that you know situation a little bit quicker uh, for fans, I mean, that that's going to be an added benefit too. It, it is. It's, it, will be, it will be a very nice... If this all works out, the Chiefs are big winners here because I'm sure this has a massive price tag. But the attention, it's like, hey, look over here while we do this over here. Everybody's focused on the Royals. They're they're the big, you know, they're the high-profile piece of all this. But through all this, it's like the Chiefs are going to get to do everything they want to do without all the potential negative, you know, attention. Like, do you think we're really going to be focused very much on what the Chiefs are doing at Arrowhead and all of this? I don't think so. We're going to be focused on what the Royals are doing, how the price tag on the Royals, moving downtown, doing all that stuff. Meanwhile, the Chiefs will get exactly what they want in everything, which was probably to stay at Arrowhead but get the modernization that they need to be right where they are. I get that. I'm on board with that. You know, And, and really, there's been a ton of speculation about – where would the Chiefs potentially go if they leave Arrowhead, if they don't return to Truman? Uh, I think that there are potentials on the table. One thing that we've dangled out there before is could they move over to the Kansas side? But really, now that they've got a plan at least and, and renovations at Arrowhead and that sort of thing, I, I do believe that they can, the, the, the residents of Jackson County, I think at this point, the momentum is there for the Chiefs, especially, to get something like this passed so they stay in Jackson County. I, I do think that at this point, it's unlikely that they go anywhere else. 
Um, you know, even if there was a possibility on the table for them to move over to the Kansas side, we're talking many, many years down the line, I would think, before something like that could happen. I just think that in this scenario, it's a win for the Chiefs. It's a win for the residents of Jackson County. It's probably also a win for the Royals, I would think, as this all kind of plays out. Um, I, I just I have a hard time thinking that because of what the Chiefs put out today, that this would be something that would be voted down. It'll be fine. Uh, unrelated, mostly, the NFLPA survey comes out today. I'm seeing this from Albert Breer. Uh, Breer. Andy Reid, among players, right, graded as the best head coach. Clark Hunt was graded last among owners uh, really? in that same survey, which is really interesting. He, There is I've, – I've heard buzz and chatter about the Chiefs being known as a um, frugal organization, uh, certainly. I would imagine, though, from a players association perspective, it has something to do with what we're seeing right now with, with Legereus Sneed. Like, they just don't really – Lock guys into big contracts. Travis Kelsey is considered vastly underpaid. They don't pay any of their free agents. They let them go. It's very Patriots esque, right? Uh, and and so from a from an NFLPA perspective, that's probably why that is. If I'm if I'm in the union and I want higher salaries and all these other things, the Chiefs aren't the place that have been the poster child of that, right? Like the. The biggest one they give Patrick Mahomes is considered team friendly. Travis Kelsey's underpaid. They mess. They won't pay Chris Jones. They let all these free agents walk. I would suspect it has more to do with that. I mean, Brett Veach is considered the lowest paid GM in football. Yeah, think about that for a second. Yeah, they win championships. I don't know what it is about you know Clark Hunt being able to convince and because it does start with him being able to convince everybody below him to you know not ask for a lot more money i mean it's it's kind of this like well, collective a, theme of yeah. we're all going to take pay cuts because we're all going to pursue championships and and that you know that's definitely interesting the one thing about clark hunt that i will say is when things were really bad with the organization before andy reed came in i honestly don't remember seeing clark hunt hardly at all i didn't see him in the owner's box didn't I mean, there weren't a lot of opportunities. It wasn't like he was on the field accepting trophies, but I didn't see him a whole lot. I mean, you heard from the front office a lot. You heard from guys like Scott Pioli, who was there and, um, you know, Clark Peterson and some of these other guys that were in the front office in the Herm Edwards and Todd Haley and Romeo Cornell years. But you really didn't see a whole lot of Clark Hunt, at least not to my memory. And now that I, I think that that was a fundamental change in the way the Hunt family runs this team when they brought on Andy Reid what was that 12 years ago 11 12 years ago you started seeing Clark Hunt and his family a lot more visible taking more of a hands-on approach with the organization and I would suggest that that has a little bit to do with their success it's a lot of other things as we all well know with Andy Reid and Brett Veach and the players and all of that but I do think a little bit more of a hands-on approach has helped this organization uh, overall. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll tell you why all of it. It's because Patrick Mahomes, right? If, the, if Patrick Mahomes isn't there, players aren't taking discount. You think Travis Kelsey's taking a discount if he's not no, playing with Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. So you think Brett Veach uh, is comfortable being the lowest paid GM of the most successful franchise in football if Patrick Mahomes isn't his quarterback? Absolutely not. Yeah, you just think of the alternative, right? It's sometimes you just have to accept your 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 placement in these things and and Patrick Mahomes and the the ability to win and succeed makes that a little easier. Andy Reid to to some level, I think too, but listen it is wild to imagine. Do you think, I'll ask you this way, do you think the, the proposition or whatever on April April 2nd, do you think the, the Royals are going downtown tied with the Chiefs or getting all these things? You think any of that's happening if Patrick Mahomes isn't there? Absolutely not. Not a chance. If you ever doubt the value of, of the players and and think about like, oh, they're so overpaid and no, they're paid that way because their value is that way. The entire region is tethered to the success Patrick Mahomes has had and is, you know, predicted will have. It is wild to think about things that way. But when you think about how much money a football player might make, even take it, sometimes this happens with coaches too. You think Nick Saban's overpaid for the impact he's had on that region and that university and everything that's going on there? You're nuts. We've gone through that exercise before. Look at enrollment at the university, right, and how much money is generated. Like, it's it's wild, the impact. And I don't know that any of this stuff happens without Patrick Mahomes. Uh, so, again, I'm not terribly surprised to see it. I think a lot of people will because they'll just tether Clark Hunt to the success they've had. Remember that this is coming from the players, right, the players who the Chiefs continue to refuse to pay. Back to our original Chiefs conversation. It sure looks like they're going to trade Legereus Sneed rather than pay him, which they do time and time and time again. And they get the luxury to do it because they got Patrick Mahomes back there under center. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. More Sports Daily right after this. All right, another uh, bit of breaking news here for us. Pete Thamel reporting that Lance Leipold and KU have agreed on a new contract 
uh, that would feature a significant raise in his average salary to more than $7 million a year. That would put him in the top three average salary in the Big 12. Uh, So the continued investment into KU football happening by the university there. The bump does not include new years. It's just an increase in pay, essentially. Thamel pointing out that uh, Travis Goff and KU have now invested $450 million in football stadium and facility upgrades, uh, uh, upgrading the uh, on-field and support staff salaries, and now, of course, continue uh, to try to take care of Lance Leipold to prevent him from going somewhere else. Tommy, I would imagine KU fans are very excited about this news today, maybe washing away some of the disappointment in the uh, loss at home to BYU in basketball last night, but a big deal for KU. Yeah, this is big news, and and this is, again, uh, Travis Goff putting his money where his mouth is and investing in this program and in the university, not only with the new stadium, but you know, committing to Lance Leipold for more money. And I think that... The situations that happened uh, last month and, you know, after bowl season was done, when Lance Leipold was the target of a couple of coaching searches, including at Washington, and there was a lot of speculation that he would take that job, and then he ultimately stayed at Kansas. I think everybody expected a new contract would be forthcoming, but the fact that it's done at this level with the amount of money, I mean, it makes Lance Leipold a top three coach in the Big 12 as far as salary is concerned. I mean, all of that... I think plays into this investment that Travis Goff is making into into football. And it's not just at the micro level. It's not just a new contract for Leipold or a new stadium. It's at the macro also in this world of conference realignment and in this world of, you know, the the haves and the have nots. One thousand percent. The University of Kansas wants to be considered as a have and not a have not. And this is another step in that. And so it also continues to have him ahead, I believe, of Chris Kleiman um, in coaching salaries, I believe. You've got Mike Gundy at the top, Brett Venables, Sark there at Texas, who Leipold would jump uh, and probably, it looks like, get right where Venables is being paid at Oklahoma. Kleiman's still down there at $4.5 million, according to all the reporting there. So Kleiman's probably due a raise, too. This probably, I would, I would guess, helps his chances at getting that. Um, I don't know what level of urgency there is in that. Obviously, every place is different and all these things, but you know, now's probably the time as you make your way through things. It, it almost intensifies, I think, Tommy, the pressure on these administrators to do this because – the, the money is getting so much larger in these other conferences, like the continued over-the-top support of your head coaches to prevent them from making that jump has probably never been more necessary, right? Because soon, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC are going to have the ability to outbid you. So, you know, building up those good graces and things now, I, I think probably does go a long way for these guys. It does. Uh, and I get that because as far as consistency Uh, and continuity, it's something that the program hasn't had in a long time. And you've got that now, and you want to maintain that. Uh, I mean, I I remember it wasn't that long ago when there. I remember remember reading an article about uh, a couple of, I think they were on the offense, a couple of players on the KU offense that were graduating, and in their four years they had four different coordinators. 
You know, and so how are, how in the world are you going to build a program and build a culture when you have no continuity in staff? You and really, it's not just the facilities, but it is an arms race that plays into it as well. And I think that Travis Goff has been committed and dedicated to finding ways to keep continuity, and you know, not only in paying Lance Leipold, but a commitment to NIL and a commitment to facilities and things like that, where you are then making it worth his time, Lance Leipold's time, to stay at the University of Kansas as opposed to going to another program. I mean, keep in mind, Washington's moving to the Big Ten this year. And, you know, turning down a Big Ten school in today's day and age in college football is a big deal. And that's what was able to happen for Kansas. So continuity is important. Uh, You know, incoming recruits or players out of the transfer portal, they want to know that the staff that they're committing to they're going to be there, and, and this is the way that you know it's going to be for Kansas. It's a really, really solid day for this program and the next steps in the future for Kansas football. It's all momentum. It all plays in together, and it all has us excited for the next football season. Both KU and K-State in the top three of betting odds to win the Big 12 next year. Both have quarterbacks that you know, are as headline-grabbing quarterbacks as you can have. Both have the positive momentum, and it's going to be incredible, and I cannot wait for it. Uh, It has not been like this in the decade I've been here, where you're looking at two teams, you know, that we obviously follow and pay close attention to, that, you know, may be competing with each other for a Big 12 championship in a year where— they could both get into a CFP even if they don't both obviously win a Big 12 championship. Like, there is a very real possibility that these are the best two teams in the Big 12 and that both of them could get into a CFP. That sounds crazy to say out loud, but it's not crazy. It's, it's not. not. If these if these two teams end up as the two top teams in the Big 12, they very much could get into the CFP, both of them. Well, how about odds right now for... Big 12 football champion next year. Kansas State is the odds-on favorite as of right now to win the conference. Utah's right behind them. And then isn't Kansas number three as far as odds are yes. concerned? I mean, it's yeah. right there. You know, and so... Now, and we've, those, are, those are things that can go sideways. But, like, let that statement roll around in your brain for a second that you could see Kansas and Kansas State both... In an expanded CFP, one is the Big 12 champion and one's an at-large with one or two losses. It could happen. It absolutely could happen yeah. in a wide-open Big 12. I think there are other teams that are loading up and, and you know will be good next year. But, I mean, even the teams coming in to the Big 12 next year, Colorado, I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Dion? Arizona had a lot of momentum, but they lost their coach. So it, it's wide yeah. open at this point. Colorado, by the way, is like 40 to 1 with the nation's top transfer class, plus the players. You know, they were thin, but they were really talented in a couple of spots. Colorado's an interesting 40 to 1 spot, maybe, to throw a little cheddar at. But yeah, KUK State football, KU with the big news today, uh, giving a bump to Lance Leipold. We're going to come back. It's a busy day on the networks for us. We'll tell you all about it as we wrap up Sports Daily. Winter is more than half over, and things are looking... 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.